Hello and welcome to another transmission of Unedited, the podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lauren, and today I am coming at you with a conversation that is vulnerable, transparent, and honest, and centered around my relationship with my body. So I'll be getting into some body talk And I just want to share some of my experiences and some of the things that I have personally confronted or have been confronting, edges that I've been meeting, and what that has meant for me in recent time and in the past as well. And I think what's deeply important to start with is how important it is to actually have a relationship with our body. We are here having a human experience and our body is the miracle that is carrying us through that experience. And being able to come to a place, however that looks for you, of accepting the body that you're in, trusting the body that you're in, eventually loving and celebrating the body that you're in is everything, right? And our bodies in such profound ways as they support us in moving through life as we know it are also carrying and storing so much for us and are such profound and powerful communicators when we actually know how to speak their language. And I think it's safe to say that we have all in some way, shape, or form experienced different layers of feelings and thoughts around our bodies and body image, our sense of love for ourselves, safety in our bodies, shame, guilt, pain. We all have very unique and beautiful journeys to walk. Some of us may experience addiction, trauma, pain, injury, illness, disability, what have you. Some of us may not, right? And no matter what your unique your unique experience is, we can all come together in the fact that we are sharing a human experience. We are all embodied and despite our differences, there are still things that um weave us together right as humans and I think the shared experience of those nuances and those experiences of shame right those experiences of pain those experiences of human struggle and the human condition are really beautiful opportunities for us to connect and to learn from one another to come into deeper relationships and really learn how to celebrate and respect and love one another as we love, celebrate, and respect ourselves. 
So a few of the topics that I'm going to be covering today are things that I have personally um, either in the past, present, um, have worked through, edges that I've met, things that I've experienced, and everything that I share in this transmission, I am sharing from my perspective, my awarenesses, my experiences and perceptions, and that is going to be so unique to me just as yours is to you. And I think it's deeply important that we're able to show up in spaces like this and have very vulnerable and honest conversations about the human experience and what it is to be in a body and unpack our relationships and our struggles with these things and just allow the people that we interface with and ourselves and each other to witness and be witnessed and to connect and to have this human experience in all of its ups and downs and in-betweens to be normalized. There is no shame in what it is that you experience, what it is that you are moving through or navigating or have or do not have, right? And so I just, I want to preface by just saying that this is a very unique to me um, transmission. These are my lived experiences and they in no way take away or invalidate or anything um, anyone else's. So one of the first things that I really want to talk about is my relationship with injury and I think one of the first things that I want to preface by saying is my whole life I have always been very deeply connected with my body particularly in an athletic way Um, I've always been a very physically active person. When I was younger, I had a 10-year competitive athletics career. Um, Movement has just been such a deeply important part of my world. I've always been deeply interested, passionate, and curious about wellness, about nourishment, about rest, about movement, about how to truly be in the human vessel and thrive, have an experience of abundance and wellness. And I think that underlying, I guess, value, that value system carried me into a myriad of really unique experiences and places and spaces that allowed me to both more deeply connect with my own body and understand my physical self in really beautiful, unique ways. And it's also created a lot of disharmony, dysfunction, um, challenge, pain, struggle, trauma, what have you. And one of the big things that I want to get into before I move into my story of my most recent series of injuries is my relationship with nourishment and my body image. So when I was in my preteens and teens, um, like I said, I was a competitive athlete. 
I was incredibly fit, in very good shape. My physical body was capable of some really incredible things. Um, I was a competitive diver and I was able to do pretty wild stuff with my body and really push its limits and truly expand the capacity of what I ever thought I was capable of. And around the same time um, in my preteens and teenage years, I had made the decision and was highly convicted in being a vegetarian and then later a vegan. And this isn't going to be a conversation about diets. Um, However, I do acknowledge that at that time, I was not equipped to do that properly. I was not equipped to properly nourish my body, to care for myself, particularly as an athlete. And um, I did create some dysfunction and some issue in my physical body. And um, I remember kind of at the tail end of my diving career, um, I was incredibly, incredibly low weight and low body fat. Um, I had a little bit of menstrual weirdness and I had anemia. I had a lot of different issues that were happening. I dealt with chronic fatigue. Um, and then as I exited that lifestyle, that athletics lifestyle, um, I really did move into this, I mean, I, I, I go through life or I did go through life in very extreme ways. And so I went from training 30, 35 hours a week to nothing. And I was starting to go through puberty and move from being a teenager to being a woman. I wasn't moving. I was still eating um, vegetarian and vegan. And what started to happen was all of the years of, and I say this with so much kindness and love and grace for myself, but all of the years of abuse I had put my body through prior with the overtraining and undernourishing started to catch up with me. And I had experienced in my early 20s um, my first, I guess, real kind of physical collapse where I had burnout, adrenal fatigue, digestive issues, hormonal issues. Um, It was really the perfect storm for my health to start deteriorating. And with that came not just a transition from the body of an athlete, but also into the body of a woman and into the body of a woman who, whose body was sick. Um, and so what happened was I ended up gaining a lot of weight. I was also taking birth control, which for me did not work. It really messed with my physical body as well. And I really started to have a self-hating relationship with my body because it no longer looked the same. It no longer felt the same. It no longer performed in the same way. And it was really hard for me to face and take responsibility for 
what I did or did not do for my body and for myself to tend to myself. So in my early 20s, that really catalyzed my first, um, I guess, experience with taking up different protocols and really prioritizing my wellness and learning how to regulate my nervous system, learning how to care for my digestive system, learning how to recover from movement, from injury, learning how to truly rest as well. And more importantly than that, it was learning how to actually learn how my body communicates and really deciphering the language that my body uses, what an injury means, what a pain here means, what a certain symptom or illness really means underlying everything else. And I've gone in and out, right, with how connected I am to my body and how deeply I choose to honor it and how I show up for myself since then. And I think that's okay, right? We all go through seasons where maybe different things need to take priority, different things need to be dropped off maybe for the time being in order for us to focus on other areas of our life. And I think a lot of the time... Um, the body is one of the first things to go, right? Health is something that is very easy to take for granted when everything is working well, when we can walk, when we're able-bodied, when um, our digestive system is working, when we're not experiencing pain. That just is normal and we don't know what it is to live with abnormal. We don't know what it is to live with... Um, maybe a different reality and I was very <laughs> drastically introduced to um, humility right around my body and I want to talk about my experience with physical injury and somehow some way um, in the first 26 seven years of my life despite my competitive athletics career, despite my proclivity for extreme sports, I had only ever broken my metatarsal in my right foot doing yoga, which sounds ridiculous, but I'd never had an experience other than my digestive upset with a, a physical trauma. And in 2017, um, well, no, in 2015, I took up climbing. I started to... Um, really immerse myself in climbing culture and spent a lot of the time um, focused on becoming better at that sport and learning how to nourish my body for optimal performance. Again, falling into the same um, habits, right, that I did when I was in competitive diving, um, albeit with a little bit more of an evolved, mature, grounded perspective, healthy perspective. Um, and so um, in 2017, a couple of years into my re-engagement with climbing, um, I, on June 11th, 2017, had decided to go out for a 
short day out climbing in um, a really beautiful area in southern Alberta where I'm from and in the days leading up to it my body was sending me red flags all over the place. Um, I felt really uncomfortable and uneasy about the day um, out in the, the crag, the climbing destination and I kept stuffing it down. I was going climbing with three boys and I didn't want to be the weird girl that was like, "Mm, my intuition is telling me it's not a good idea. We should cancel. We should go somewhere else. So I denied myself. I didn't listen to my body. I didn't listen to my intuition. I didn't honor the clues that were being presented to me. And sure enough, The day of arrived and four hours later, I ended up in the hospital with a very severely broken and dislocated right ankle. And in true Kelsey Lauren fashion, I didn't just break my ankle. I really freaking broke my ankle. Um, It was a very um, rare break and a very rare dislocation. Um, I fractured my talus and really damaged a lot of the circulation and the blood vessel network around my talus, which is the joint in the, basically the ball joint of the ankle that allows you to have ankle mobility. And so uh, my trip to the hospital, it was this tiny little local rural hospital that was about 15 minutes down the road from our climbing site. I ended up getting there. Um, The doctor gave me these x-rays and had to emergency relocate my ankle. I'm not going to get into any gory details, but I did have to get rushed back to the city to have an emergency surgery and the odds were not looking great. Um, I was told initially that I had probably an 80 or 90% chance that my ankle was not going to end up recovering or healing well and that I would have to potentially fuse my ankle and live with a fused ankle, live with really limited mobility. Um, After surgery, that um, statistic went down to about 30 to 50%, which was a little bit better, but still left me feeling absolutely devastated and crushed because knowing the lifestyle that I love to live, knowing that I love to drive my manual vehicle and being very mobile and in my body and capable physically, athletically was so deeply important to me. You can imagine all of the stories that went through my mind of my life is ruined. What am I going to do? How am I going to navigate this? I'm broken. And two things happened (laughs) from that experience. So the first of which was that I made the decision to begin my journey of taking radical self-responsibility for my health. I was not ready to accept that diagnosis or being told that I would never be able to run or snowboard or fully be able to climb or do things like that again. um, That just was not going to be my reality. And so I did several things. Um, I went and got second, third, fourth, fifth opinions. I was really fortunate at the time to have 
a wonderful job that allowed me to work from home, having access to benefits um, that I was able to utilize to access things like acupuncture, PRP therapy, massage, physio, chiropractic care, all of these different things in conjunction with working with the Western medical system for my surgery and having them keep on top of that. And um, I also decided to put myself, after a lot of research, on a very anti-inflammatory protocol and really tend to my health and supplement with things that would help with cartilage and bone growth, blood circulation, um, healing, repair of different injuries, muscles, and things like that. And I was determined, I was bound and determined to be well again and to feel better and whole in my body. The other thing that I did and committed to was upon recommendation from several sources on my healing journey um, that for the first year of my healing of my ankle to cut out any vasoconstrictors. So that was caffeine alcohol, smoking, altitude, impact, anything like that. And in the moment, it seemed like a no-brainer. So little did I know that not only was June 11th, 2018, 2017, the day that I broke my ankle and many things cascaded and shifted and changed for me from there, but it was also the first day of my sobriety. And I'm going to get into that in a little bit. Um, But I want to speak to kind of the other byproducts of this experience. And so one of the things that really came through for me as a self-identified, fiercely strong, independent woman um, was that in my new injured state, The first couple of days were really challenging. I didn't want to receive help. I thought that I could do it on my own. And what ended up happening was I denied any help or support and very quickly realized that I wasn't capable of standing on my own for longer than 15 seconds. So feeding myself was impossible. Bathing myself was impossible. Going to the bathroom was painful. Getting myself water was a challenge and it took a lot of humility and honesty to admit to myself that in this moment I needed to be supported. I needed to allow my body the time and space and nourishment to rest and I needed to soften and surrender to being cared for. And so that was a really big lesson that came out of that. And what I realized happened is that as I came out of this injury and my progress started to slow down a little bit, and then in 2018, in early 2018, I was a passenger in a rear-end car accident and I ended up sustaining another injury to my back. And then six months later in the summer of 2018, I sustained yet another injury, a concussion this time. 
I started to feel completely plagued by injury. I started to lose faith and trust in my body and I no longer felt safe in my physical body. And I became so busy and preoccupied with how do I heal? How do I fix this? And being focused and fixated on what was wrong with me that my injuries became my identity. I was no longer safe in my body and I had started to become just accepting, I guess, of the fact that my reality now was just going to be constant chronic pain and fatigue and issue and half capacity. And I just want to first and foremost recognize anybody that receives this transmission that is maybe experiencing chronic illness or injuries or disabilities that in whatever small way that I was able to understand what it is to live with that and continue to live with that I'm still navigating a lot of chronic injury and and pain um I see you it is not always the easiest thing to be able to exist in a body that doesn't feel safe and exist in a body that feels hard to trust and it can become very easy to become identified or over-identified with these very real, very physical experiences of our body, of injury, of disability, of illness, whatever it is, that we forget to acknowledge the miracles our bodies are performing on a daily basis. And even if we are living with chronic pain, with disabilities, with injuries, with illnesses, what have you, what is really important is to recognize or start to, in whatever way you can, the ways in which your body continues to show up for you. Every cell in your body has a sole purpose of keeping you alive and loving you and caring for you and doing what it needs to do to sustain you and allow you to live and enjoy this human experience. And this was really brought to my attention um, maybe nine or ten months ago where I started to really see how I spoke to my body and how I spoke about myself and how I viewed my body and how I viewed its capabilities and its inability, seeming inability to heal, to be well, to perform. And there was this constant comparison in the back of my head of 16-year-old me as a competitive diver with 10% body fat and rippling six-pack abs and this ability to do incredible, acrobatic, amazing things with my body or mid-20s me that was able to eat like trash and not rest and drink and do drugs and do all of these things and have my body just bounce back like nothing happened. And I fast-forwarded to now coming into my 30s and things are different 
and my body has sustained 30 years of different pains and traumas and experiences and it still shows up every day hope and pray every day breathing and alive blood pumping heart beating digestion working nervous system doing what it can to regulate all of these things working in tandem right to allow me to experience the miracle of life and it was very grounding to catch myself in these patterns that I had slipped into of distrust in myself and self-hate and self-judgment and these looping stories and timelines and narratives that I was allowing to continue to take up consciousness and belief in my mind, in my body, and in my spirit around never being well again, around always having X, Y, or Z experience in my body. And a few months ago, right, that six, eight, ten months ago, I had made the decision to truly commit to rebuilding my relationship with my body and investing myself and my time and my energy into learning how it communicates with me and understanding what it meant to honor my body and to nourish my body and to be radically responsible and sovereign over my body and recognize that although I can reach out for support, be it with medical practitioners, with wellness practitioners, with family, with friends, with food, with supplements, whatever it is, at the end of the day, being well and safe and loving my body and being embodied in my human experience is my responsibility. I am accountable for that. And there is no way that my injuries will go away or be healed or the afflictions that I face will heal when I'm continually running the old script of identifying as somebody who's chronically injured and is just always going to be that way. And so that was something that I have been very actively working to dismantle and to look at very honestly. And it's brought me to really confronting and edgy and hard to face realities of the way that I have treated my body and the way that I was allowing myself to hold so much shame and hatred and guilt and subscribing to these habits of self-abandonment and ignoring myself and ignoring my needs and putting my wellness last. And so to that point... I want to speak to the sobriety topic and my relationship with substances. And so flashback to 2017, right? When I made that no-brainer decision, okay, I no longer smoke weed. I no longer drink alcohol. I no longer consume caffeine. 
I no longer do these things because I want my ankle to heal. Um, It was a very easy decision. It felt very straightforward for me. And in the first year of meeting myself in that way and really putting the focus on nourishment and love and care and mindfulness around what I consume and allow into my physical body, I began to feel much more connected to myself. I was able to access my senses in a deeper way and hear my body more clearly and hear my intuition more clearly. My channel was so much more opened and I was able to start really building a relationship between myself and source. And not only was that injury a beautiful catalyst for me to have arrived where I am today doing what I do, but it was also a beautiful invitation for me to reevaluate what it was to be in my body. And after that year, substance-free, I felt amazing. I felt more myself than I ever had. And I just want to be fully transparent. This is something, sobriety, my journey with substances, is something that I have always felt a lot of shame and guilt around talking about because I've never struggled with addiction. And I just want to say that if you do struggle with addiction, if you are struggling with addiction, there is nothing wrong with you. That is an absolutely valid experience. And I see you. I absolutely see you. Although I don't share your experience, I hold so much compassion in my heart for what you're navigating and the journey you're taking. And um, I, again, just want to reinforce that what I'm sharing around sobriety has been my experience and perception and awarenesses. And if you do struggle with addiction, this may be a piece of the, the transmission, the episode that you might want to skip over or bypass. Um, but... I'm going to go into my relationship with substances. So again, like I said, I've never struggled with addiction um, growing up. I mean, I grew up very fast. I This is a whole other episode, but um, at a very young age, I was dabbling and experimenting in things that I probably had no business experimenting in. I had my first drink at 13, smoked my first joint at 13, was attending high school parties at the same age in early high school. I was experimenting with many, many drugs. Ended up going to a rave at 16, unattended with my friend group um, in the forest, Shambhala Music Festival. It was a beautiful experience, but um, still a part of my story, no less. And... Amidst all of that, um, because I didn't have a relationship of addiction with substances and with using um, different numbing mechanisms, whether it was alcohol or drug use or food or relationships, right? Um, I always came to the table with a baseline of self-control 
which also gave me this strange licensing or permission in my own mind of being able to handle the motto of I'll try anything once. And truly I did. I did. And I'm not going to get into all of the gory details, um, but I will highlight a couple of things. Um, I was a smoker in my late teens and early 20s. And again, this is just a testament to um, just my relationship personally with substances. I was going on a second date with someone and they told me that smoking was their biggest turnoff. And I had just bought a fresh pack. And in that moment, I recognized that this wasn't an identity that I carried anymore. And I ripped up the pack of cigarettes and I threw it in the garbage and I never touched them since. Inversely, in that same relationship, many years down the road, where there were many dysfunctions, many unhealthy exchanges, um, and many very adult responsibilities that I was shouldering, I ended up starting to become what I like to refer to as a Stepford wife version of myself, and I did start slipping into coping mechanisms and in order to be able to cope with and deal with working 10-12 hours a day, coming home, cooking, cleaning, burdening a lot of financial responsibility, I would resort to finishing half to a full bottle of wine every day and I did this for a few months before I really recognized, and this coincided with all of my digestive issues and adrenal fatigue and all of the things that I spoke about earlier, um, I had this moment of self-awareness when I was keeled over on the bathroom floor that, again, this was not an identity that I wanted to carry anymore. And I was very fortunately able to stop that pattern in its tracks. I ended that relationship I poured all of my focus and attention into healing, into coming back to what was good for me. And so, um, again, right, I've never struggled with addiction. I don't know what that experience is like. And I can only imagine, I can only imagine what that feels like and what that is to carry. And in the tiny tastes that I had of those behaviors and those patterns, I can honestly say that um, it was a very growing experience and enlightening experience to understand what that disharmony and dysfunction felt like in my body. And I'm very grateful to myself that I have been able to have the courage and capacity to save myself from those patterns. And my, my shame and my guilt um, around that really surfaced at the year mark after my sobriety, after breaking my ankle, when it was no longer an I have to do this for my recovery journey. And it started to become, 
I don't subscribe to using substances in this way and it doesn't feel good for me. It's not something that I want to be a part of or I want to be a part of my reality. And I was met with so much resistance externally around sharing that um, from all sorts of comments that ranged from you're so boring, I lost friends, transitioning into sobriety and choosing to honor my body. Um, The most common one that really got to me was the assumption that I had to be pregnant, otherwise I would be drinking or consuming drugs. And it was a really baffling experience for me to have to see how resistant some people were to my taking responsibility for my own experience in my body. And so I just want to provide a little bit of permission for anybody that is sober curious, that is wanting, wishing, hoping to break cycles or patterns of addiction, that it is very much possible to come into a place and a relationship with yourself and with substances that is safe and whole and neutral where they do not have to play such a large role or have any control over your reality and so if there is support that you need to receive Um, discipline or devotion that you need to show up for or just a simple encouragement that you can do it allow this to be your permission and your licensing another layer that I want to touch on with my relationship to my body particularly in the last few years as I've been navigating these chronic series of injuries and the resulting pain and dysfunction was my relationship with food And like I said, I've never known myself to be particularly addicted to anything or have addictive patterns. And in the last four years, I seem to have fallen into a very strange feeling of being out of control as it related to nourishment and food. And what was really beautiful is that in the last couple of months... As I was wrapping up doing my human design sessions and offering this wisdom to clients in sessions, I made a really profound realization about myself. And so I want to touch a little bit on um, areas of openness or sensitivity in the human design chart really briefly. And so I'm a projector. I am open in my crown, in my heart in my sacral, completely open and undefined in my emotional center. And I want to just state that these open places, these areas where we can take in conditioning and influence, right, are not inherently bad. Conditioning in itself is not inherently bad. I've said this in every human design session I've ever done. What happens is when we unconsciously engage with, receive it, or interface with conditioning energy and we aren't aware of how we're being affected and we start operating from these patterns that don't belong to us, then it can start to pull us out of being in our bodies 
and being able to hear our own channel, our own wisdom and discernment, and to be able to trust and honor what our body needs and what our energy is guiding us to. And so for context, for the last four years, my wonderful, beautiful partner, who I love so much, has been on this human design journey with me. He is a emotional generator. He's also several years younger than me. He's a very tall man. And as a generator, right, to sustain that sacral motor, he requires a lot more fuel, nourishment, and food, right? And being emotional, right, emotionally defined, he also gets to experience the world through his emotions. And he's always at some point in an emotional wave or an adventure. Um, And so in the last couple of months, he was wrapping up some school and my capacity was ramping up in conjunction. I had taken on more clients than I ever had. I had more responsibility. I was creating more. I was holding more in my business and in my life. And my nervous system was in a very big adjustment period. And one day we were sitting in our living room on the couch together and I had just eaten a lunch and I was very satisfied and full. And I was sitting in his company in his conditioning field and influence with my completely open sacral center and my undefined solar plexus, my undefined emotional center. And I started feeling this desperation and this craving that was all-consuming and backed with this really crippling anxiety that I needed to have sugar. I needed ice cream or brownies or cakes or something. I just wanted to fill that emotional void that I was experiencing suddenly. And because I had been spending so much time working with the human design system, um, particularly in that month um, and a half, I intuitively dropped into my body to ask myself where this was coming from and if it was even mine to hold. And what I recognized was that emotionally I couldn't find the root source for anxiety. There was no reason for me to feel that. And when I checked in with my sacral, with my stomach, with my digestion, I was full. I didn't want anything else. And so I turned to my partner and I asked him, are you feeling really stressed out right now? Is there something on your mind or on your heart that's causing anxiety? And as a result, are you feeling like you need to fill or fix that with food. And he sat with it for a moment and he said, yes, I have an exam coming up and I feel very stressed out about it. I have a lot of anxiety around it and I'm having a really big craving. I really want to have like a chocolate cake or something because that always makes me feel better. And I recognized in that moment, not just in that moment, But I recognized that this pattern had been playing out over the course of our relationship where I didn't take responsibility for this conditioning. I didn't take responsibility for listening to my body. 
And over the course of the last four years, of course I felt out of control around food. Of course I felt out of control around my desires. And of course it resulted in me feeling like a foreigner in my own body. And like I couldn't trust my body. And like I was carrying so much pain and inflammation and self-hate and fear and all of these things because I wasn't checking in with myself. I wasn't actually listening. I wasn't honoring me and my needs. And so this was a really beautiful and profound lesson and reminder for me that although human design isn't the answer to anything or the solution to anything, it did and does serve as a really beautiful lens and a tool to come into deeper self-understanding and awareness and it was through being able to have that languaging that I was able to remind myself of how important it was for my overall well-being and feelings of safety and at-homeness in my body to continue actually being in my body and coming back to embodiment, right? And listening and tuning in and re-enrolling in my own channel and hearing the subtle messages that my body was giving me when things were out of alignment, when things were not working properly, when I was not honoring myself. And so... One of the other things that, and of course, right, I, I use these tools with discernment and I recognize that there may be distortion, there may be mistruth, but there may also be areas that can provide guidance. And so a few days ago, as I was having a back flare up and cravings coming into my cycle and was really struggling to be in my body, I decided to pull out an old book of mine, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And I decided to just inspect, right? And start to unpack and try to get to the root source of what my body was trying to communicate with me. And so in the back of this book, There are lists and lists of different body parts and symptoms and illnesses and physical experiences that you can be having that are then paired with maybe a root cause of why that's coming up, what that is associated with or bringing up for you. And then thirdly, there's another column of the medicine that you can apply through affirmation statements. What is it that you need to give your body in order to come back to that wholeness and wellness? And so as I went through this book and started journaling out and connecting with my body and really listening to where I was having experiences of disharmony and discomfort, pain, injury, illness, self-hatred, all of these things, right? Um, There were some very consistent themes that came through and the first one was a feeling of being unsafe, and of not trusting the process and unfoldment of life. And this unsafety, right, 
can come in so many forms. It's feeling unsafe in the body. I've been navigating injury. I've been navigating digestive upset and my body has been reacting to the fact that I haven't been honoring it and of course I feel unsafe. Of course it's hard to trust my body because I haven't been listening or trusting it consciously. And then of course the external, right? It's easy to not feel safe right now. There's so much unknown. There's so much chaos happening around us And it's deeply important for us to be able to come back into the body and to really work with the nervous system to create safety, to be able to let our bodies lead us through grounding and stabilizing and sensitizing. And so over the last couple of months, I intuitively had started doing a lot of work around my nervous system and being able to bring myself from sympathetic fight, flight, freeze, or fawn and sensitizing and breathing or moving, being, being in somatics, um, meditation, whatever way I needed to, to come back into my body and bring myself back into parasympathetic, to stabilize my nervous system, to stabilize my blood sugar, my cortisol spikes, my breathing, and all of it to create that safety. And not just create safety, but to also create an expansion of my nervous system's capacity, right? And this is one of the miracles of the body, is when we're actually in our bodies and we're actually able to navigate life with breath, and presence, and consciousness, and embodiment, our body is a miracle worker. It can adapt, and expand, and grow its capacity, and meet new edges, and carry us through these experiences. And so, with this feeling of unsafety, right, comes fear, right? Fear of the unknown, fear of change, fear of simply surrendering and flowing and not allowing resistance to completely take you out, right? There was also a resistance due to boredom, due to disembodiment. I wasn't connected to my channel. I wasn't connected to what I needed to be to access my creativity, to access my rootedness, to access my relationship with myself and with God source. And because of that, it was really difficult to follow through on and be connected to my God-ordained gifts and my mission and my divine joy. Connected to that, was this holding on to of past stories and pains and timelines and this inability to truly forgive, to forgive myself, to forgive what happened externally, circumstantially, to become really radically honest and take responsibility for what is mine and where I'm still running victim programs and stories and making the decision to show up to dismantle and move beyond that, 
right? And when we're running these old victim stories, when we're running these old pains and timelines, another thing that came through for me was this conjunct feeling of being stifled, of having my creativity squelched, of feeling like I wasn't enough, I wasn't capable enough, I wasn't creative enough, I wasn't connected enough. And as a result, I self-censored myself in a big, big way. I didn't show up. I tried to follow other people's rules and expectations and I was unwilling to actually face and feel my feelings and address my insecurities and to be truly seen and witnessed and vulnerable. So here's me showing up, pushing this edge, sharing all of these intimate fears that I have, these intimate things that I'm facing and navigating and being the person I know myself to be that is stepping into self-leadership, right? And stepping out of being hypocritical and into being in integrity with what I value and with who I am and having the discipline to show up and the devotion to show up and the courage and the bravery to share parts of my story and to create these bridges and invitations for connection and in being witnessed, right? It is my hope, and I'm certain this will happen, is that you receiving this may hear what I have to say and see a part of yourself in it or feel a part of yourself in it. And in my showing up, it is a permission slip for you to also look at your relationship with your body, for you to also show up in a certain way, for you to also move beyond these stories, these programs, and to come into deep and beautiful, whole, well relationship with yourself and your body, right? And one of the big pieces that also came through as I was moving through this book, these meditations, and sitting with my body was this anger and guilt at myself for self-abandoning and not honoring my needs and trying to force and push and control and show up even when I needed to rest and nourish myself. Again, not listening to my body, not being embodied and attuning to myself and my needs, right? And when we choose to commit to relationship with self, everything else follows. The body has to be the one to lead us through these experiences to allow us to be held through them in order for everything else to follow. And so I've really been actively working on my relationship with self-approval and acceptance of where I'm at, right? Having grace with my story and my journey and what I'm facing and feeling and navigating and caring for myself through that and learning and relearning and deepening my ability to love myself and to look at my body and to be in my body and have reverence and honor for it and again shift out of that identification with injury, with disability, with dysfunction, with depression with self-hatred with fear with victimization with all of it and to start moving into 
an embodiment of what it is that I do want to experience. And in that, right, there's this innate need to surrender, let go of control, and to soften into being taken care of. Funny how it comes full circle. I learned the lesson four years ago when I injured myself, and here I am revisiting what it is to soften and surrender and to be taken care of and to release control of the outcome, but to also show up for what is your responsibility. And I'm moving through right now these deep layers of coming back into not just relationship with myself, but a deepened trust in God's source to provide and to support and a trust in the miracle that is my physical body and this human experience and this life to just be as magical as I allow it to be. And so I just want to conclude by offering this invitation. If you have been or are presently struggling with your relationship with your body and moving through layers, whatever those look like in your unique and perfectly imperfect human experience, you are absolutely valid and seen and I have such reverence and honor for you and your unique journey with yourself and your body and your experience. And I just want to offer a space, be it in the comments on this podcast, to go onto your own platform and share and be vulnerable and normalize these conversations around what it is to be in a human body in a meat suit on this planet, having this experience to go out and share parts of your story, what you're struggling with, and create those opportunities and bridges for human connection, for witnessing, for vulnerability and intimacy, and for the normalization of all of the ups and downs and nuance of being a human, because that's the fucking point right? (laughs) So thank you so much for being here, for listening, for witnessing me, for hearing and receiving this. I love you and I honor you.